0: Welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Indeed, basketball is hood. I am Jonathan Hood. If you love basketball, you've come to the right place, whether it's on Spotify, the ESPN Chicago app, you've come to the right place as we talk about the NBA playoffs with you. You can catch me mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Also, on 100.3 HD2 if you're in the Chicagoland area, as I team with David Kaplan for the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. On today's show, we'll talk about what happened over the weekend regarding the Game Sevens. Really great basketball. And also hear from the Sixers number one fan, Cliff Augustin from ESPN Radio. We'll get the chance to talk to him. I know that he's hurting today as we record this on Monday morning, the day after the 76ers get trounced by the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk about that game. But first, let's first talk about Milwaukee, right? So the Milwaukee Bucks they survive they move on they beat the Brooklyn Nets 115 to 111 Bucks getting it done on the road at Barclays Center and so here's what stood out to me Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA today and I don't think there's any dispute from my end 53 minutes played. He had 48 points, six assists, and nine rebounds. He did everything he could to carry this basketball team. And so I'm giving Kevin Durant his flowers. I'm tipping my cap. I'm doing everything I can to make sure I put Kevin Durant over because no matter what you think about him personality wise, I put Ted to the side. I'm looking at a guy that was getting it done and trying to carry this team over the threshold. And it was difficult. Because Kevin Durant looked around and said, I have no Kyrie Irving and I've got a one-legged James Harden. And I want to give James Harden credit too. A guy that was out, out of the playoffs. And what happened, he was able to tape up that hamstring last couple of games. And the first time around didn't give a lot, but he was out there for 53 minutes. Remember this game went into overtime too. He had 22 points. It just wasn't enough though, as the Bucks were able to get it done. I know the Bucs are confounding. The Bucs were the team I picked to win the East and go to the finals this year. I thought they would take another step. If you've heard this podcast before, you've heard me say this multiple times. I just thought that the Bucs were going to take it to another step. And when it comes to Giannis, you see the 40 points. And for whatever reason, it's a little bit unsatisfactory to me. Like I appreciate the buckets, but I just know that Giannis is growing before our very eyes. That's what I'm seeing right now. Forty points. Middleton had twenty three. Middleton is my guy. Money Middleton for uh, Milwaukee does a great job. I just I like the Bucks defense. I um, I really like what I see from P.J. Brown. <laughs> I mean, these guys here—they find a way to be able to uh, put the ball in the basket and also defend. And so I'm a big fan of that. I just like to see if Milwaukee can take it to another level, another step. That's what I want to see from this basketball team. But hats off to them because you know that the Nets were the favorite because they had the big three and because they have so many, um, you know, three stars on the floor at the same time. But I, I just, I am just proud to see what Durant did and Harden did, given their all. Um, but PJ Tucker, I guess they call him PJ Brown. PJ Tucker, though, provided some defensive effort 11 points, 38 minutes of play. Um, he gave a tough nose defensive effort. Uh, Lopez, Drew Holiday, good players on this team. But as I mentioned, somewhat confounding because you'd think they'd be a lot better. It's a struggle for them, man. And for Anna DiCoupeau, he had, it was two for six from three. Uh, he went to the yeah, 15 for 24 from the field in 50 minutes of play. I saw him get tired. He looks exhausted. He did toward the end. I know, I know there's a lot of energy that was put out there to try to get through the overtime. But in a game seven, Giannis looked winded out there. And Durant just ran out of time. He was in the overtime period, could not score and so he had a hard time as well trying to add more energy and try to add more effort to the team, and he just ran out of gas too. It was just enough for the Bucks to be able to have a little bit more than the Brooklyn Nets 115 to 111. So I thought that was a cool Game 7 and a great finish for that one. Now let's move on to Atlanta against Philadelphia. That was on Sunday, Game 7. Atlanta wins 103 to 96. Oh, boy. First of all, shout-out to Atlanta because Atlanta's Trey Young, fit 5 for 23 from the field, 2 of 11 from 3. He had 21 points and 10 rebounds. So he didn't shoot the ball well, but he still had 21 and 10. Herder was outstanding. This is what I continue to uh, pound my fist about and, and, and on the pulpit saying, you must have other guys that can help you. It can't just be the stars. It must be other people that can help you. Herder had 27 points and Gallinari had 17. It's not just about Trey Young, it's about a team. It's that can't just be about John Collins. It's gotta be about a team. And I thought others, the supporting cast, helped Atlanta win that ball game. But also what helped Atlanta win that ball game was the Sixers. Okay. So here's what I'm tripping on with the Sixers team. Okay. I, I don't understand what's going on with Ben Simmons. And maybe this offseason will tell a great story that I don't know or you don't know about Ben Simmons. But on the surface, it's like, dude, how do you not shoot the basketball? This is in an era now, over the last 20 years, of big point guards, right? Big point guards that are initiating offense. And for Ben Simmons, there was a time in the game, I got it in my notes here, 88-86, fourth quarter, three thirty-one left, and he's right underneath the basket and he passes it up. How does that happen? How does he just allow the, you know, trying to pass it off when you're right underneath the basket? There's something going on there. Okay. Back his way in. Spins Gallinari.
1: Gives it up. Oh, right there. And a foul as Thibault goes to the basket. Boy, Simmons, uncontested, had a layup, but he leaves it for Thibault. who makes something out of it and is headed to the line. But that's when you know that... Game is in your head.
0: That's a for Ben Simmons, right you- I mean, you, you could hear Jimmy Jackson and Brian Anderson just like completely perplexed on why Ben Simmons won't go for the basket. I don't I don't understand what is going on. Ben Simmons dude went 0 for 0 from the field in the fourth quarter the last four fourth quarters. The last four games in the fourth quarter did not attempt a field goal. You're on the floor in meaningful minutes. How does that happen? How does that happen? I don't know what's going on with him, and it's just really ridiculous to me because I know that he can be a talented player, but here's a disconnect. Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot the basketball. Ben Simmons doesn't even want to go to the foul line. He just crawls up in the ball. He'll go one for two, but he doesn't get a chance to get to the foul line often because how is it that you initiate offense, you bring it into the front court, you pass the basketball and be like, nope, I'm good. I just, I'll, I'm just i not going to want to shoot the basketball. Well, there's a problem here. And I hate to just equate it to baseball, but baseball with the Rick Ankeles and the Steve Sachs and the Steve Blasses and the, the uh, Mackie Sassers. If you don't know these names, go to YouTube and look up these names that I just gave you of players that, are, that just could not feel their position anymore. Like Rick Ankele had be an outfielder because he couldn't throw strikes. Steve Sachs was a gold glove second baseman. They had a, I remember with the White Sox, they had to put him in the left field. Steve Blass couldn't throw over the plate anymore as a Pittsburgh Pirate pitcher. I mean, this, this does happen. Chuck Knobloch was a catcher. Mackie Sasser was a catcher. And they could not throw the ball back from when he, they catch the ball. Couldn't throw it back to the pitcher. Couldn't do it because of a mental block. There's a mental hurdle going on with Ben Simmons. And I heard his press conference. And I was just floored by how nonchalant he was. He had a mask on. Nonchalant. And, like, I I guess it hurt But I couldn't tell through the mask. Uh, Joel Embiid called out Ben Simmons, pretty much, without saying his name. Saying, you know, we could have had the layup there to tie the game, the, the missed free throw. He called him out, Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid busted his ass with a bad knee. He stayed out there with a bad knee throughout this whole playoffs. He did what he can, shooting threes, going to the basket, just trying to do everything he can to help this basketball team, and it didn't work out. This is all you need to know. When a Doc Rivers, and we'll get to him in a minute as well, when Doc Rivers is not sure exactly what the future is for Ben Simmons, that says a lot about Ben on this basketball team
1: think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for for a championship team like the one you guys want to become. Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um you know, so I don't know the answer to that.
0: When Doc Rivers says I don't know if he can be part of a of a winning basketball team, the point guard of a winning basketball team, that is something. That's something. You know, and so the 0 for 0 from the field in the fourth quarter of in four games, is just confounding. And so the the question is, well, you know, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons? Do you trade him? Well, I mean, his value is at its lowest. For real, for real. It's at its lowest right now. Who wants him? If you see a guy that's not willing to go to the basket, not willing to shoot the basketball... But it's like, oh, this is this is Magic Johnson. The hell with that. He's not Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson went to the basket. He made others better and, shoot, and shot the basketball. He can do all those things. He's not that guy. Doc Rivers. Do you realize the Sixers lost seven games at home all season? They lost seven games at home all season. They just lost three in two weeks in Atlanta. Do you realize that Doc Rivers... In 2020, Game 5 blew a 16-point lead. Blew a 19-point lead in Game 6. Blew a 12-point lead in Game 7. This playoff exit in Game 4 of this series blew an 18-point lead. Then blew a 26-point lead at home. And in Game 7, when Trey Young didn't have a good shooting night, he shot 5 for 23, as I just mentioned. They could not get the job done. And my friends, that is the end. Think about back-to-back elimination games, too. I want to give Giannis his due in that Brooklyn series, the bucks brooklyn series. Giannis had 30 points, 17 rebounds, 60% from the field. 40 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, and 63% from the field in back-to-back elimination games. He brought the work. He brought the hammer, 30 and 40 points. Middleton had 38 points and also 23 points back-to-back. Those two brought it. When their back was against the wall, they were able to work and get it done. I I just um, but the Ben Simmons thing is just a, is a head scratcher for me. I just don't understand, and I don't know where the Six Sixers go from here too. Because all this is about trust the plot the process, right? You you tank and you tank and you tank, and all of a sudden these other teams ahead of you are getting to Eastern Conference Finals. Since the trust of process, zero Eastern Conference Finals appearances. So, you know, this is where I'm against tanking. You can tank. Go ahead. But does that guarantee you a championship? Clearly not with Philadelphia. I'm going to call my guy in Philadelphia and find out his thoughts because he's sad today. (laughs) Poor, poor, poor guy. Uh, yeah, this is not a uh, an interview. This is really an intervention with Cliff Augustine from ESPN because mm-hmm. you you need some help, man. I need to reach mm-hmm. out to you as the number one Sixers fan. I know you watched that. I know your heart's broken today. Yeah, why well, do you feel, man? I just want to check I, in with I, I'm, you.
1: I, listen, I'm 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 just fed up right now because I've been along with the process, you know. As long as it started this is this process, you know, basically started about nine, ten years ago when uh, Sam Hankey was hired by the Sixers, he blew it all up. We had dudes on the team named Hollis Thompson and Elliott Williams playing for the Sixers at that time. <laughs> and now we have a formidable team. Where the number we had, you know, now here's our problem. We are currently being held back by a number one overall pick back in twenty sixteen by the simple fact that he refuses to get any better. And guess what? As long as he refuses to get any better, and as long as he just doesn't feel like shooting a basketball and thinks he's just doing good enough, that the fans are satisfied, he's going to keep being this way, and we will not get any better, and we will be stuck.
0: Well, see, here's a problem, Cliff. So... I mean the Brent the Brent Brown situation. Coach Brown knew that this was an issue. I do recall a time where Brown was telling Simmons, "Hey, at least shoot one three a game. At least get into the the flow of it." And he promised, "Like, yeah, I'll do it." And it never happened. But what about that era? Because even before Doc got here, Simmons is not willing to shoot the basketball.
1: Right, and and clearly he just. Here is the thing, right? So. You, you watch a ton of basketball just like myself. Yeah. And, and clearly in Chicago, you watch a player named Giannis Antetokounmpo a lot because he's in that same uh, division as you guys. Yes. And, and Giannis, you know, two-time NBA player – or two-time um, MVP, I believe two-time defensive player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. All-NBA, all-world player. Giannis was the 13th overall pick uh, back in 2013, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And what has Giannis done every year? He's continually gotten better, gotten better. Gotten better, you know. Maybe isn't as confident at the free throw line, but will still go up, put uh, you know, f- f- uh, fight through the lane, go for layups. And just in the in the case that he does get fouled, what does Ben Simmons do? I'm I, I'm curious. Like what what has he done to get better? And you know, and uh, completely opposite to what Giannis has done. He just he's just content. He's content. He's happy. He thinks he's he's done just just well enough. And he thinks that's it. Like, I like John. I, I don't get it. Like, I'm I'm lost. This man missed. He 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 gave up a point blank dunk to a player that was covered for no reason. I, I like. I'm lost. What's going
0: on? I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I cited it, man. Eighty eight, eighty six. There was a clear layup or dunk there at late in the game in the fourth quarter, and he passed it out. And I'm like, so Gallinari is that good, man? He's that he's that good that you right. are afraid to dunk the basketball? He
1: passed a point-blank layup, or dunk to a player that was covered for no reason. Yeah, Instinctually, he did that. That's an issue. That means he's, he's too much. He's too wrapped up in his own head. Uh, and, John, I, for the life of me, he's the most perplexing thing ever. He refuses to shoot the basketball, refuses to get better, and, and just comes out every year and looks the same. I don't get it. I truly don't get it. If you're
0: not going to shoot the basketball cliff in the fourth quarter, then there's not like this big defensive presence out there for Simmons either because you, you had to take him out uh, from time to time because of offense. But what's the point of him even be on the floor if he's not going to do nothing? I mean, you could see throughout the and you series. Saw Doc
1: take him out. Yeah, you saw it as the yeah. series got, you know, as throughout the series, towards the end of it, Doc had, had to keep tinkering the lineup because he couldn't trust his one of his max players to even attempt a shot at the rim. And he he was a liability at the free throw line. Like, you know, what could Doc do? He kept tinkering with the lineup because specifically it it boils down to this. Because one player has to be hidden and has to be coddled and has to be tooled around because he refuses to shoot a freaking basketball. It does not make sense.
0: So clearly, McMillan on the other side for the Atlanta Hawks was looking at this as like, okay, let's game plan. Simmons is not a factor. That's you're playing five on four at that point,
1: right? It, literally playing five on four, or if you're in your six situation, you have to bring guys off the bench, like you know George, <clears throat> George Hill, or like a Shake Milton. You know, Shake Milton played you know one solid game this whole entire series. George Hill had an awful series. And not for nothing, he was—he had to be a mismatch every time he was on the floor with Gallinari because Ben Simmons can't be trusted in any type of lineup that you want to generate offense besides the starting lineup. It's it, like he—he's the issue, John. Like now, like I've come to my senses. Like I've defended Ben all I can. Like I've been saying, you know, what? He's only you know 22, 23, 24. He's going to get better. He's going to get better. All right, now's the time. Like this is it. Fans are fed up. I know the fans. I talk to the fans every day. You know why? Because I am a fan. Yes, <laughs> I'm from there. I, I I got the pulse of the city on my hand. People blow my phone up whenever, like last night when I was, um, I was boarding my plane. I was boarding my plane coming back from Vegas, coming back to Connecticut. People were blowing my phone up, telling me like, "Yo, what's what's going on with the Sixers? Like, what, what what's going on, man? What what do you think is going on?" I'm like, does, does "We have a player who simply refuses to get any better. It's simple as that." Simple as that. I like Doc has to dance around that and and try to coach his best because of what Ben Simmons can't do and his liability and shortcomings.
0: I um, I like to just ask when you see Simmons and you see a guy that's not growing, are you sure that's just his in his? unwillingness to grow or is there something deeper in that? Like I mean, earlier in the show, I talked about certain baseball players that just have a mental hurdle, like just, uh-huh. just like, like catchers that can't throw the ball back to the, to the mound. Or, you know, I, I remember, grew up watching Steve Sachs as a second baseman for those, the the Dodgers. They had to put him in the outfield cause he couldn't throw. He couldn't make the simple throw clip from second base to first.
1: Right. Is that what could
0: that be going on?
1: I, I listen. It has to be all wrapped up in his head, right? Like I think he's so afraid to a either have to go to the free throw line because you saw how abysmal he literally. I think it was literally the worst free throw shooting uh, performance in a series in NBA in a um, in the playoffs in NBA history. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I read that through six somewhere. Yeah, that's i, think I mean, he's the worst as, free throw um, well like, well like as, in like NBA history in the playoffs.
0: As bad as Shaq and Wilt, I think he's third on that list.
1: Think think about that. Like, legitimately think about that. A perimeter <laughs> player is as bad as Shaq and Wilt <laughs> at shooting free throws. Like, even Giannis, you know, taking 15 seconds or whatever it was to shoot a free throw. At least he it didn't hinder his game. And he wasn't scared to go at the rim or keep attacking or they're, they're like there's like. There's like no dog in Ben Simmons, right? Like this is this is one thing you hear about players. Like some dudes just like they you know they get after it. They 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 have that will inside them. They got that fight inside of them. They got that mentality, right? He just doesn't have the mentality. I hate to say it, but you know he might just be soft. Like I, I'm that might literally might just be it. He might just be soft mentally on the court. I, and for life of me, I don't know how you change that. I don't know if you know it has to it has to be the people around you. Or, you know, Rich Paul. LeBron, your dad, whoever Doc Rivers, whoever, somebody has to get in his head and say like, look, like you're this good and guess how much better you can be. You can be way better than what you are, and this is what the fans of Philadelphia are asking for. And heck, this is what fans of basketball are asking for. It's for you to actually go out there and make the commitment in the offseason, hell, even during the season just to get better by shooting a damn basketball is something that you should
0: have been doing since you were 5 years old. Oh, yeah. It blows my mind. I um I'll ask you about Embiid too, Cliff, because in my mind with Embiid clearly playing hurt with a bad knee, he showed so much heart and effort out there. He did the best that he could. You can just see, uh, by the way, I saw the isolation of his reaction when Ben Tried to pass the ball off from underneath the basket. Like, he's like, man, I'm doing everything I can and you're passing the ball off. I give, I have mad props for Embiid being out there.
1: Yeah. And you saw, you saw, the, you saw his post, um, his post game comments too, right? Yeah. Where he was like, and he pointed out that exact play because I'm watching that, I'm watching the game and I'm like, that play just, just, it stuck in my head ever since, like, as, as things unfolded because then Trey Young came down. You missed, so you missed, Matisse misses one of two of the free throws, and then Trey Young comes down and then nails a three-pointer. So I'm just replaying that in my head. I'm like, yo, like, he's right. Like That was such a pivotal moment. That killed the momentum for everything. Um, that, could, that could have swayed the whole game, to be honest with you, in a game where nobody really had it going offensively. Like Tobias shot something like 11 for 24, which isn't great at all. Thinking beat it was like eleven for twenty one. He had thirty points, but he still struggled a bit in my eyes. He wasn't like the dominant and be that we've been seeing all season. And oh, he played on a torn, uh, partially torn uh, right meniscus, so I can't even blame him. After, if your main guy doesn't have it going, still gives you thirty one, that means your second and third guys need to step up and do something. And he just didn't. Both of them, to be honest with you, at least Tobias went out swinging somewhat, right? Right. Ben just didn't he didn't even shoot a damn field goal like John like knowing how many eyes were on him he didn't even attempt a field goal in the fourth quarter that is nuts that is insane coming coming off of that awful game five where him and Tobias combined for twelve points and then the next game where Sixers Duke at the W in Atlanta but he still didn't even shoot a attempt a field goal in the fourth quarter and had he ended up with like five points for the game like bro like max players don't score five points a game sorry like even go bare averages like 13 a game like we you need to be better simple as that like you need to be better you cannot be content with where you're at right now or you will never see the sixers achieve the things that they want to achieve as an organization and you will never achieve the things you want to achieve as a player i
0: have i have never seen a team boot off the floor in a game seven
1: it like, happened last came, night, though. <laughs> like, you came home. Literally, you squeaked out a win in, in Atlanta. Yeah. A, a, good, a good win at that. You squeaked out a win. You come home. You're, like, a seven-point favorite when, on your home floor. Crowd is rocking. City's ready to go. We're ready to go to these conference finals for the first time in a long, long time. And you just laid an egg. Like, they never had it going. And, like, and I want to blame, give partial, part of the blame to Doc, too, is because, the rotation was just, was just too much, but he's just trying to find guys that were willing to score points and beat dogs on the floor. And throughout the series, we just didn't consistently have that from the same people or the people that we rely the most on.
0: Yeah, let me go there with you with Doc because you've seen the numbers, Cliff. I mean, he, I mean, Doc has five five game, let's see, losses, uh, seven, seven losses in this situation, the most in history. I mean, the, the most, you know, seven losses at the most. I mean, that, that's a ton of losses in big games like this in game seven. And so, I mean, how, how much do you shoulder the blame to him, too, because he's been in this situation a lot where he's lost in big moments in game seven?
1: I, I, my thing is like, with him, is it's like, how do you keep seeing that? Pick? So you keep seeing Trey Young and Collins or Capella or somebody run that same pick and roll. I, it was like replay it was literally just like dvr it, it was like as if the hawks dvr'd their play the whole entire series and let collins or capella just get an alley but you know I, I, I literally i felt like i watched an alley from capella or john collins at least like four or five times a quarter like it that's how annoyed i got by that and, and also, his long rotations of playing Shake, Bilton, why is Percon starting? Even though Danny Green is out, Furcon shouldn't be starting. Why isn't Maxie starting the game? Why is De- – I, I get it. Like, I'm beating them need some rest. But, like, I don't think Dwight Howard should even play a minute in Game 7. Like, you got to shorten up your rotation at that point and just go with the guys that you, you're going to go out swinging with and trust the most, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like he was playing George Hill – was mismatched with Gallinari Gallinari doesn't even post people up and he saw George Hill every time when he was like 6'2 and ate him alive four or five times y'all let like Kevin or score 25 points on you because he was he was on a mismatch each and every time with with Seth Curry like man I listen I like Doc I like the, the attitude he brought I like the changes that I see with him helping him be, become better, but he is, he is not off the hook for what I've witnessed as well. His rotations were bad. You let a 26 point lead slip. Uh, Doc, Doc is not. He is not in the clear for me at all, and probably for the rest of the fans as well.
0: Well, and so the question is, like, how. Do, well, the other thing is, is that uh, Trey Young did not have a good night. I mean, he had 21 and 10, but he's 2 of 11 from 3. And so now you've got Herder and Gallinari that played well enough to push him through. But I guess the question is, Cliff, like, how does this get better? When Doc's, he was asked directly, Doc, do you think that you could have Ben Simmons as your point guard on a championship team? He said, I don't know. And then his boy throws him under the bus, like like it. Embiid. I mean, it, those things are true. I mean, he they gave true answers, but like, how does this get fixed?
1: Uh, I mean, either a Ben Simmons. Here's here's two ways, right? That's a very good question by you, and it's 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 honestly simple, right? Either a Ben Simmons comes back this offseason, commits to actually getting better at basketball, shooting a basketball learning how to expand his game and actually helping the Sixers become better or be, Ben Simmons is not a Sixer, and we just watch him play his last game in Sixers uniform. It's as simple as that.
0: I just know that there's – people say today like, oh, you know, you, you no one wants to have Simmons because of the performance he had. No, there's a sucker that will take him. Somebody yeah. will take him, right? It's, it's, there, yeah, there's always sure. one. It's always one. <laughs> they say, like, you know what, Cliff, I could fix him. Like this right. Simmons going to spend time in the gym working on jump shots? That sounds ridiculous for a guy that's making anywhere between thirty and forty million dollars. Like, but that's that's the question. Like, can he? will he spend the time to shoot the basketball. That's the question. Uh,
1: John, there's history tells me no, right? Right? Like, is, is history is telling me uh, this is not going to change? This is the same old guy. He doesn't want to get any better he's content with how he plays the game because enough people are in his ear telling him that he's great at this blah 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 blah, blah. And, and he you know he's made he's made a fortune already in the nba so i history tells me no
0: well that's not good because you what you want is at least an eastern conference finals Championship, you want to be able to at least win the East, and since the trust of process was in, everybody else is getting ahead except the Sixers. That doesn't make sense to me,
1: none at all. And and it's funny because this year, um, you actually, almost kind of got like imagine imagine saying this right, but you would rather if you're a Sixers rather go up against the Bucks than a team like the Nets because of how you know lethal and potent that lineup can be if they are actually all healthy at the same time. We kind of were actually about to get. The, the match would be wanted, right? And then possibly go to the finals versus a young team like the Suns who you can compete against yeah. or a team like the Clippers who might not have Kawhi Leonard for the rest of the playoffs without LeBron in the Western Conference Um, and Anthony Davis right now because they weren't healthy. Like, it, it, just Steph Curry without Klay Thompson, like, it was almost kind of handed to you again similar to the year when uh, the Sixers had Jimmy Butler and the rash of injuries occurred, um, you know, unfortunately, again, I'm not, th- this is not, um, you know, we're happy that players got hurt or whatever, because obviously, like, we want to see players at full strength. We want to see teams at full strength. But, like, just the way that the chips were falling for you, it was like, yo, like, you were getting the matchups you wanted, you know? And then you just blow, you absolutely blow it. You had the number one seed. You didn't, you wouldn't even have to face the Brooklyn Nets have Kevin Durant. Yes, you like everything was falling in line for you and you just squandered the opportunity like there, I mean there's so many things that went wrong during that series and the way that they blew that series is actually like historically bad like just blowing 26 points leads getting torched in the beginning of game one um, in the beginning and then coming trying to come back and make a victory and that still didn't work out um Giving up that like, your, two of your max players scored twelve points combined in a game in a game five. Like, dude, like, are you is, like is that are you cursed at that point? Like, honestly, like, are you, as a basketball team, are you cursed at that point because the basketball guys didn't like what you did. Trust in the process.
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I just know one thing that I would say that Milwaukee would be slightly favored in a matchup against Philly, but because it's Absolutely. been but, but 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 here's the point though. Cliff, it's been so crazy, these playoffs. I, I would not put it past it for Philadelphia to win against Milwaukee because they are so odd that everything's a struggle. I understand it's Brooklyn and it's Kevin Durant, but you would think that Giannis would take another step, middle to another step, but it was, it's been a struggle, clearly. So it's not to say that Philadelphia would have lost that series against Milwaukee, but now we'll never know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now we'll never know, and I actually thought that the Sixers actually had the better um, – they actually match up better – with Milwaukee than they did with Brooklyn because of the way Brooklyn is so good perimeter based on defense. Like, I, I thought the Sixers actually could have matched up. If You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just like, the you know, just the way the that the bodies would have moved around. I think they would have matched up well with Brooklyn or um, with Milwaukee. And um, towards the end of late in games, I've seen this work a ton where – Actually, this is actually a Brett Brown thing where Embiid would actually cover Giannis like late in games because Giannis can't just like bully his way past, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he can't bully his way past and Embiid is, and Embiid is so actually versatile and athletic that he can actually he could actually keep Giannis on that three-point line which listen, you'll live with all day or he's not going to give up that easy layup to Giannis because he's you know he's slightly bigger than him and he's just as athletic so like you, you, there's ways that the Sixers could have approached that series and could have come out on top. And again, they might have, that this could have been the biggest loss of the series and filled up it in a long time.
0: Oh, I just want to reach out to you, man. This is not an interview. This is a, it's a wellness check. Um, the,
1: just, just, yeah, <laughs> man, it's not a good day.
0: I, so I know it's not, so that's why I want to reach out so you can let it out, man. Because it's going to be an interesting off season on of how all, this all progresses. I just like to see what Simmons is and where he's going to be. That's going to be the most interesting thing.
1: My my thing is like his value is so down right now. I think they have no option but to. I mean, unless somebody offers something outstanding. Or unless they, they somehow work the deal where you know you get a top level score back and that might be frustrated in whatever city that that star is in. I mean that's the only way like you, you can't trade him his value really can't be there right now
0: yeah all right man um keep your keep your head up
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man Any, hey man anytime you want me to come on too man I love you know me I love talking basketball so <laughs> honestly appreciate you every time you put me on here
0: all right Cliff be well man.
1: My guy, my guy.
0: Don't forget, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. We're so glad that DraftKings is part of this podcast, giving you this podcast ah, virtually ad-free. Outside of me talking about it, I'm just giving you the facts that DraftKings is great. It is great when it comes to the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball Whatever your interest is, check out the DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Go to that app, download it, find out if it's for you. You're into sports gambling or if you're a neophyte in the sports gambling, check out DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Phoenix and the Clippers. You heard from Cliff Augustin, my guy from ESPN. You can see he's just he's heated as a, a loyal uh, 76ers fan. He's just perplexed in exactly where this team is going. And it's a really great question. As a matter of fact, Stephen A. Smith had his thoughts about Ben Simmons as well. Um, And as I mentioned, Doc Rivers also part of this as well. This team uh, struggling. When you underachieve, everybody gets blame. It's not just push Doc over here in an isolated bubble and just blame Ben Simmons, just blame the team. Now everybody gets it when you fall short. And there was Stephen A. Smith on first take. My guy going after it, talking about Doc Rivers and Ben Simmons and the whole 76ers thing. Uh, let us hear now from Stephen A. Smith.
2: Ben Simmons has got to go. He's twenty-four years of age. He's a star talent. Right. And I'm not saying that Ben Simmons should be given up on because he's some scrub or anything like that. It goes to what you pointed out, Magic. I know Philly. Yeah. I worked there for 17 years. I was a columnist for my last time. Let me tell you something right now. That city ain't going to ever forgive him for what they have seen. And here's why. Not just that he missed shots. He didn't take them. See, when you see the Greek freak in Milwaukee miss or make, he takes them. Ben Simmons is literally scared to shoot the basketball. He gave up a wide open dunk because he anticipated he was going to be fouled and didn't want to go to the free throw line. 34% 34% shooting in the postseason. For anybody who's attempted 70 or more, it's the worst free throw percentage shooting in the history of basketball. And this is a league Will Chamberlain and Shaquille O'Neal played it. Right. And they shot better for the free throw line than Ben Simmons. This is very, very bad. And when you take that into consideration and you combine that with the fact that Philadelphia being a very unforgiving town and they don't know how to let off and lay off and they're going to constantly berate him and it's mental yeah. with him... I don't believe he can overcome that Max. in the city of Philadelphia. You got to move him. I'm going to say it right here on national television. Try and get yourself somebody like C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. Bring him to Philly. Send Ben Simmons to Portland Because with all the perimeter guys they have in
0: Damian Lillard, it would work. That's how bad his trade value has been diminished. And so, that's there. Hands <laughs> a little loud right there. Um, that is true that uh, Philly's not happy. Could you imagine a deal in which... Ben Simmons goes to uh, Portland. I think that's interesting. Uh, one other thing, and that is the Suns and the Clippers. Suns are now up one game to none. It's just, I don't know how much magic is left uh, for the Clippers if Kawhi Leonard's out for the series. I don't know if that he is, but it sounds like that knee injury is pretty serious. So, in the other side of it, there's no Chris Paul, but yet... The Suns were able to survive. Uh, when you have, looking at this Suns team, Booker, playing 44 minutes, played his butt off. 40 points, 15 for 29 from the field. De- DeAndre Ayton was doing work on the inside. He's not trying to be a three-point artist. That dude is just scoring the ball, 20 points in 37 minutes of play. Mikel Bridges, I'm a big fan of as well. It's a good basketball team for sure, and they're up one game to none uh, on the Clippers. So what happens, especially from the Clippers' standpoint, hey, I, I'll give Chris Paul all the credit in the world uh, as a really solid player and a leader for the Phoenix Suns, but also I will give Paul George credit as well to get the Clippers to this point. Uh, it's one thing that Mann, who who played well before this series late, Played well to help the Clippers get to this point, but they only had nine points yesterday. Uh, Paul George had 34. Reggie Jackson had 24. So there's going to be next man up here. There needs to be a little bit more offense, especially from the forwards. Let's see what Morris and Batum can do because all hands on deck in a big way. All hands on deck if you are the... uh, a few of the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. All right, don't forget this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I love talking basketball and tell people that Jonathan Hood is talking NBA, talking basketball, college pro, never know what it's going to be. But today we talked about the playoffs, and, man, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun for me to watch. But just get this. Just keep watching because if you see, and we've seen a number of these te- these games now in which – the first quarter seems like it's going to be a blowout. Keep watching, <laughs> keep watching, because when you see like the Sixers blow an eighteen-point lead, twenty-six-point lead, uh, when you see that, keep watching. You never know how the score can be able to start getting closer, especially if you're into DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook and you're in, in, you're an in-game gambler. Just in case, keep watching, because if you see a twenty-point lead, oh, I'm going to turn it off. This is going to be a blow. Uh, uh, uh. Just watch it very closely. You never know how the tide can turn. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Don't forget to catch me with uh, David Kaplan, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000. Also on the brand new 100.3 HD2 channel uh, in Chicagoland. It's on FM, it's on AM, and also on the ESPN Chicago app.